happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I know I am. With worship music like that, to kick it off, you ought to be in joy right now. Last week, as y'all remember, we talked about the rapture, and I felt like then the Lord was going to take it further, and He did. It's in your bulletins if you got it, but we're going to start in Revelation chapter 6, if y'all want to turn to there. Before we get really started, let's open with prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for all your many, many blessings. Please just be with us through this time. Bless this reading of your word. Keep me out of the way of it, Lord, and let it be all about you. I pray that this message goes out and touches someone in a special way. I ask that you have mercy and forgive us of our many sins and failures. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I said last week, you know, we looked at the rapture in a short time thereafter. Y'all may remember how we discussed that right after, there's, everything's just going to be in total chaos with all the wrecks and everything else, people scared of what's going on. But let's take a, a little bit deeper look into it, a little further into it now, this week. In chapter 5, which I know I told you all chapter 6, I'm just highlighting it. Chapter 5, we find that there's a book that has seven seals on it. We, hear, we read that there's no one worthy to break the seals, nor even look on it because it's so sacred. No one but the Lamb, the Lamb of God. He come and took the book from the one sitting on the throne. The Lamb which was slain and lives again. Y'all know who that is, don't you? Yeah, that's Jesus. Chapter 6, we see the Lamb start to break the seals, and we find out what's going to be taking place. These four horsemen, as we call them, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, they represent four time frames of the tribulation. We're not told the names of three of them, but the last one we are. These are the first judgments to come upon the earth after the rapture. Revelation 6, 1 and 2. And I saw when the Lamb opened the seal... And I heard as it were great thunder and one of the four beasts say, saying, Come and see. And I saw and behold a white horse and he that sat on, the, on him had a bow and a crown and was given unto him and he went forth conquering and to conquer. This rider goes out to conquer. But do you notice that his, he had a bow but no arrows? He's not going to go out and make war. He's going out with diplomacy. He's going to be a smooth talker. He's going to be one of them that can talk people into doing anything. We've had some of them through history. Y'all know some of the names probably that could do that. That lead a whole country into believing them. Well, this guy's going to lead the whole world into believing him. He's going to even get Israel to believe that he's their Messiah, if you can believe that. They're looking for their Messiah now. But because they don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. 
and they're going to buy into this hook, line, and sinker that this guy's going to take care of them. He's their Messiah. The temple was tore down in A.D. 70, as y'all all probably know. And they've been waiting for it to be rebuilt. If my understanding is correct, where it needs to be real, rebuilt is where the Muslims call their most holy of holies on the Dome of the Rock. This guy's going to get the Muslims to let the Israelites build right on their holy of holies and they hate the Israelites more than anything in the world. Does that show you what kind of power he's going to have? It's almost scary power, isn't it? That he can control the world that easy. And I have read and heard that over at the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall that's still there, that devout Jews, when they're praying, a lot of times they'll stick notes into the cracks of the rock. I've never been there, so I hadn't seen it myself, just pictures of it. And the three things that I, I've heard that they pray for the most is one, the coming of the Messiah. Two, they pray for peace. And three, they pray for the temple to be rebuilt. Those, what I've read and heard, those are the three primary things that they, they pray about. Well, when the Antichrist comes, he's going to make them believe that he's the Messiah. He's going to promise them peace for seven years. Something they've never had. Do you think that they're not going to buy into it, hook, line, and sinker? They will. You'll promise them to rebuild the temple and let them go back to worshiping the way they did back then? And they think everything's hunky-dory for the first three and a half years. And then he breaks this peace when he walks in to the temple and shows his true colors and pronounces himself God. And they realize that they've been dealing with a false messiah all this time. Three and four. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard a second beast saying, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat upon to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. This rider goes out to stir up all the trouble he can. We think it's bad now. It's, it's just getting started. He's going to cause wars. He's going to cause people to kill each other. Human life will become worthless to the point that you'll be killed just for anything. It's almost that way now. Far too many places in this world that right now that human life is basically valueless. And what always happens after war? 
you generally end up with a famine, don't you? That's perfect time for the next rider to come in, five and six. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and behold, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. See not, see thou not hurt the oil or the wine. Food is going to become so scarce during the tribulation that it's going to take a full day's wages to even buy just a minor substantials, just a little bit. Famine will be a daily thing. With the restraints removed from Satan, I pray I'm wrong here. I want to be wrong here. But it won't surprise me if these evil that's in the world, they turn to cannibalism. I want to be wrong. Please believe me, I want to be wrong. But I'm scared that's what's going to happen. Try, these people try not to starve to death. With the restraints of Satan taken off where he's just got free reign, anything could happen. Six and seven. And when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the fourth beast saying, come and see. And I looked and behold, a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed after him. And power was given unto him over a fourth part of the earth to kill with a sword and with hunger and with the, with, with, and with death and with the beast of the earth. Many are going to die from hunger through all this. Right now, most animals are scared of us, right? They're not going to be at that time. They won't have no fear of humans at, at that point. And this rider's going out, there's going to be so many killed, he just brings hell with him. I heard, a, heard it put as a question one time. I said, it, the guy said, I've heard, is heaven going to be big enough for everybody that's going to be there? Maybe the question we need to ask is, is hell going to be big enough for all those that reject Jesus? Because he's done told us few in there will be finding that straight and narrow road. Now take a jump over to 16. Chapter, chapter 16, verse 2. And the first went out and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men, which had the mark of the beast, and upon them that worshipped his image. Can you picture? You've had sores, little bowls or whatever on your body. You know how bad and irritating they are. Can you imagine them all over your body, just constantly festering and getting worse all the time? And man will want to die because of it, and they can't. You talk about the walking dead. That's just about what they're going to be. I heard one pastor made a statement. He said, 
They'll jump off of a tall building, hit the ground, and get up and walk off. They want to die and can't. That's a scary thought, isn't it, friends? If that wasn't bad enough, just the next few verses, four and six, four through six. The third angel poured out his vial on the rivers and the fountains of water, and they became blood, and they heard the angel of the water saying, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which are and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged us. And thou hast shed blood of the saints and the prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. Grievous sores, now the water's turned to blood. That sounds like something that happened in the Exodus. When God allowed the water to be turned to blood. Not something you want to drink, is it? But God gave it to them to drink because of what they've done. And can you begin to imagine the smell of how horrible it's going to be? The bloody water and probably dead bodies laying around? You'd think man would repent at this point, wouldn't you? But they don't. They just curse God more. Seventeen to twenty-one. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, "It is done." And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great that the great city was divided into three parts, and cities and nations fell, and great Babylon came to the remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of wine of his fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon man a great hail out of heaven, every stone weighing about a talent, and men blasphemed God for, because of the plague of the hail, and for the plague there was, thereof was exceedingly great. Even after all that, man's still blaspheming God. Would you not say that when you take Satan or turn Satan totally loose on this earth, it's going to get bad? It's going to get horrible? Nothing's going to be nice about this, friends. And I've only touched on a few of the judgments. There's a whole bunch more. If you hadn't read it, read the book of Revelation. You'll see it. There's a whole bunch more that I'm not, I hadn't even gone over. If y'all wanted me to go over them, we'd be here all afternoon. Because it'd take a while. That's how many there are. And we've all been in a hailstorm with just a little small hail. Can you imagine 75 pound hailstones falling? That'd knock your head off if it hit you right, wouldn't it? It worries me how many people make it a joke, though. They don't think that the tribulation is nothing but just a myth or a joke. It's not a joke, friends. It's going to happen. Let's move on up just a little bit. Revelation 20. 11 and 15, through 15. 
And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, whose face earth and heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged out of these things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which was in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were all judged, each man according to his their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Friends, at this point, Jesus is no longer a savior. He's a judge. He's going to judge all who have rejected his plan of salvation. This is the final judgment. If you're here, you're not going to heaven. There's going to be poor folks there and there's going to be kings there and everything in between. There'll probably be pastors there that was playing at being a believer. Now, I, I don't understand that. If you stand here in this pulpit not believing what you're preaching, how can you preach it? I don't understand it. And no Philadelphia lawyer is going to get you out of it. You remember that old saying, the Philadelphia lawyer? No good lawyer is going to get you out of it. You're going to stand there before the master of the universe by yourself. And he'll ask, is your name written in the book? And he's referring to the book of life. And when it's not found, then the books that has all your works and thoughts will be opened. And you're going to fall way short of being able to enter heaven. You can plead your case. I was a good person. I didn't do no harm to nobody. I was a good neighbor. And Jesus will have your thoughts and actions read. What you thought you'd done in the dark and in secret will be revealed. And what's going to hurt the worst when he looks at you and says, I would have gladly forgiven you if you would have only asked. I would gladly forgive you if you would only ask. Those words will stick in your mind for eternity. It said you, can, you can't work your way into heaven, so don't try it. There's people that want to work their way in. It's not going to happen. It's not going to do it. There's one way in, and that is through the man Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Jesus will look at you and say, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Depart from me into outer darkness. You'll never hear the name of Jesus again. You'll never hear the, feel the touching of the Holy Spirit. You'll be in fire and torment for all of eternity. And no, your body won't burn up. You'll just be in torment. If you think it will, 
go to 20. I'm just going to highlight here Luke 24, 16, if y'all ever want to look that one up. The rich man asked for just Lazarus just to dip his finger, tip, the tip of his finger in water to cool his tongue because he was parched. Does that sound like a place of enter entertainment to you? How many times have you heard people say, I'll see you in hell, we'll have us a good party. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be no beer party. That's not going to happen. So if you're thinking that, forget it. It's not going to be there. You will be an eternal flame, an eternal torment. If you think 100 years is long, you know, a lot of us live up close to 100 years of, of, of life. You think that's long? That don't even move the dot on the timeline of eternity. It's been 2,000 years or so since Jesus left this earth. That 2,000 years don't even move the dot on the timeline of eternity. Is that, knowing those facts, is that something you want to go through? I hope not. Because you're going to be there for a very, very, very long time in one of two places. And you don't have to go there. It's easy to miss it. It's very easy. All you have to do is just ask Jesus for forgiveness. All you have to do is call on him and say, I'm a sinner, Lord. I need a Savior. Have mercy on me. Forgive me. And guess what? He will. But if he was standing here speaking to you today, he'd tell you one more thing. Go and sin no more. Right now, we've got Jesus as a Savior. One day, he's going to be a judge. I'd rather face him as a Savior than face him as a judge. Take a long look at yourself. Those of you out there listening, I'm talking to you especially. Take a long look at yourself. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Do you know for a fact that you're saved? If you do, give Him praise because He's worthy of it. If not, if you have any question whatsoever, give your life to Him. If you don't know him at all, trust me, you don't want to go through the tribulation and go to hell. I'd a whole lot rather live my life and believe that there is a Savior. This world is doing all it can to push Jesus out of this world. One day he's going to show us just who he is. If you don't know him as your Savior, you need to think about it. I believe those of you here do. I think I'm preaching to the choir, but somebody might not know him. Might not know him. 
And if that's you, I pray that today would be the day that you turn over to Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your many blessings. I pray that this message went out and glorifies you. I pray for those that are that's hearing it. If there is one that needs to come to you, that they would be the best. But we place it in your care and in your hands. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand as we sing number 435, just as I am. Thank <laughs> you.